Hi there, this is Patrick, and you're listening to Youth St. Stephen, a podcast produced by the youth ministries here at St. Stephen Lutheran Church. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad you're with us. Enjoy the message. Whoa there. Hey, it's time to squat up. You know, everybody wants a squad, a community of people that care about us. They help, they support, and they give us a place to belong. In our series, we're going to discover why the word church means something way bigger than a building. We're going to learn what life was like for some of the earliest Christians. And we're going to explore four big ideas. Those ideas mean as much for us today as they did to Jesus' people 2,000 years ago. The truth is, we can all be a part of God's family. And because we're God's family, we can do for others what God has done for us. We can grow together, and most importantly, we can stand strong together. So tell me, are you ready to squat up? So imagine your favorite fictional squad. You know, like Toy Story, The Avengers, Goonies, Scooby and the Gang, Stranger Things. Pick one. You know, any of them are kind of a good example of what a really good squad is. When I think of the OG, the iconic squad, I think of them. You know why? Because they work together. They have each other's back. And even though, yeah, they have problems, of course, they're always looking out for each other. Everyone wants that kind of squad, right? The one that has your back. We all want a safe group of people that we can hang out with, whether we're in class, at lunch, on the weekend, our whole life. Whether your squad is a group of 10 plus people or just one or two trusted ones, that's great. The point is that we all want to belong in a community of safe people. It's normal to want that kind of community, but Sometimes we feel more pressure than usual to find a place where we feel like we belong. For example, how about right now? We're at the start of a new school year. Maybe it's when life sends us big or unexpected changes. How about when we're the new kid or what if we just feel alone or misunderstood? I can't always make sure there's somebody to walk to class with you. But I do want to tell you about somebody who's willing to walk with you always and invite you in a community of people where you can truly belong. When some people hear the word church, they might think about a building, a preacher, a certain way you have to dress, or maybe even somewhere where they're forced to go by their parents. But the church is meant to be so much more than just a building or event. It's meant to be a community where we can belong and grow. This is the kind of community that Jesus always intended for us to find in the church. But you know, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes Jesus' followers aren't great at getting along. Sometimes they care more about their preferences than other people. And sometimes, I'm with you, they're straight out judgmental. When we get it right, being part of the church can change people's lives forever. But when we get it wrong, people can walk away from the church and even their faith, feeling disappointed, hurt, and maybe even more alone than ever. You and I might think it's difficult to be the kind of church that God wants us to be. But imagine how hard it must have been for the first Jesus followers. Like, think about that. Have you ever thought about the fact that the church wasn't always here? Like, when I was born, the church was here. When you were born, the church was here. But the church wasn't actually established until after Jesus' time on earth. 
it wasn't here until after he died. When the church was getting started, you know, everybody was trying to figure out not only how to follow Jesus, but also how to just to get along with each other as well, how to be friends, how to connect with each other. So the earliest Christians, they came from lots of different backgrounds, cultures, ethnicities, and social classes, kind of like today where everybody's from a little bit of everything. Learning how to get along with a diverse group of people like that wasn't exactly easy. One of the ways that early church leaders helped Jesus followers understand how to live out their faith was actually really simple. They wrote letters. Inside their letters, they'd put instructions, challenges, and encouragement and send them to believers in other towns and cities. In the Bible, we find a lot of these letters written by a follower named Paul. Now, Paul, when he was a young man, hated Jesus. And he also hated people who wanted to follow Jesus. Paul fought against the spread of Christianity by imprisoning those people and killing them. But then, just just hold on with me, Paul met Jesus. And when Paul met Jesus, everything changed. He took all the energy, all that hate that he had put into fighting Christianity and instead became one of its greatest advocates. One of the letters that Paul wrote was to Jesus' followers in a city called Ephesus. Today we call that letter a book called Ephesians. For the next few weeks, we're going to explore that book to help us figure out what it meant for Christians back then and what it means for us today. I'm going to be reading in Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Jesus Christ. Stop right there. Do you see how Paul opened his letter? He said, to God's holy people. I want you to do something for me. Imagine you're one of the original recipients of this letter. To do that, think of these three things. Number one, if you lived back then, there's a good chance you wouldn't have been able to read. So instead, when the church received a letter like this, a person that could read would read the letter out loud and everyone else would listen. Number two, there were not printers back then. You couldn't just, you know, click print and it pops out of your printer, you know, down the hall. Instead, it was expensive and it was time consuming if you wanted to have something copied by hand. So you wouldn't have been able to get your own copy of this letter. No, no, no. Instead, the only way that you could either read it or hear it would have been to gather with other followers to discuss it together. And number three, The early church didn't have buildings like we do today in our churches. The followers of Jesus would gather in others' homes. So imagine us, you know, COVID safe, right? But imagine us cozy living, you know, maybe in a little room somewhere in someone's house. You know, we got our masks on, of course, but maybe we're also having a meal, kind of making it work. We're going to pick back up in Ephesians. I'm going to start with verse number two, and it says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So not only 
did Paul reference the Ephesians as a group, he pointed out that they were chosen to be God's sons and daughters. See, the church isn't just a group of people, according to Paul. It's God's family. I'm going to pick up in verse 11. It says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And also, we're included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, the praise of his glory. So Paul said that when we hear and believe the good news of Jesus, we belong to Jesus, join in God's family, and are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what happens after we join God's family by placing our trust in Jesus? It picks up in verse number 15. For this reason, ever since I've heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet, appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. See, when we join God's family through Jesus, if you're taking notes, write down these four points here. We join a family of people who welcome us. When you put your trust in Jesus, know that you're joining a community of people who are so glad you're part of our family. We pray for each other. Paul modeled this with the Ephesians and we can model it with each other. Our faith grows together. Paul asked that the Ephesians would grow in the wisdom, knowledge, and power of God, and that they would do it together. And we become one body. Paul said that God's church is like a body and that Jesus is in the head of the body. Think about how a body functions. To get anything done, we need all of our parts working together. Don't you want to be part of a community where, you know, you're always welcome? You're prayed and you're cared for. You can grow. And most importantly, your uniqueness is celebrated. What makes you you is special. That is God's dream for the church and it always has been. The church isn't a building. It's not an event. It's not one thing. Instead, it's supposed to be a family, God's family. The good news for all of us is that we can be a part of God's family. One of the most radical things about the church is that when it first began, everybody was invited. You could join no matter who you were, no matter if you had money or you didn't have a lot. 
if you were a guy or if you were a girl, if you were old or young, if you were sick or healthy, if you had influence or maybe you were an outcast, if you were Jewish or a Gentile, if you were good or if you were a troublemaker. Who's welcome in God's family was radical then, and it still is today. You're welcome in God's family even if you think you don't look like the person who should be, or if you don't talk or act like a person in church should. You're welcome even if you have doubts or questions. You're welcome even if no one else in your family believes in God. And you're welcome even if you made some big mistakes. It doesn't matter because no matter what, you're invited to join God's family. You're invited to belong here or anywhere that people of Jesus gather. Because remember, it's not about a building. God's family is way, way bigger than that. Now, if you already have a relationship with Jesus, I want to ask you this. Are you making it easier for others to join in God's family? Do you invite others to join you, not just in going to church, but in a real relationship with Jesus? Do you welcome and reach out to people who are new or curious about following Jesus? Do you pray and care for each other? Do you help each other grow closer to God? Do you celebrate the unique things that you and others bring to God's table? Or are you more concerned with everyone looking and acting alike? How about this? Are the people you're in community with, do they look just like you? Or do you embrace people who are different, knowing that God's family is big and diverse? Think about this. If you've ever felt disappointed in how God's children are getting along, or you've come to church and not felt very welcome, remember that you are also a part of God's family. If you're dissatisfied with the way that his family is treating one another, you can be a part of the change. We need you. Over the next few weeks, we're going to spend time talking about what it means to live like God's family. Today, I want to take some time and invite you to think about your role in his family. Do you want to join it for the first time? Or do you already have a relationship with God, but you want to experience greater community? Over the next 30 seconds, think about one step you can take to respond to everything that you just heard. As we dig into Ephesians, we'll see why Paul cared so much about people joining God's family. God never wants us to feel alone or like we don't belong. And I promise you, you don't have to. When it comes to the church, there aren't tryouts, a test to get in, or even an interview. No matter who you are, remember this big idea. We can be a part of God's family. Well, hey there, you're still listening. You are the true MVP. Give yourself a nice pat on the back. We as a ministry for today's youth pour our heart into these episodes. And when someone goes all in and listens to everything we've got, it makes our heart shine. So thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, share it with a friend. Send them a text or a snap and feel free to post us on your story. 
Let us know what you thought about today's episode. You can send us an audio message on Anchor. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining in and spending some time together. We can't wait to see you again. Check out what else we've got for you at stephen.org youth. And remember, God loves you, no matter what. See you soon.